Hey there, everybody. Do you love to travel and learn about new places? Great, then you are in the right place. Join Jasmine the cat and Gracie the tortoise as they have fun traveling the beautiful United States and learning lots of cool new facts. Hi, everybody. It's Jasmine here, all ready to go to our next date. And of course, Gracie's here with us, too. Greetings, everyone. You know what? Today's state is our fifth state, Connecticut. The capital is Hartford. It's in a part of our country called New England. But Gracie, why is it called New England? It's called New England because colonists who settled here were from England, like the Pilgrims. The area of New England includes the states of Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Vermont. Although Dutch traders from the Netherlands arrived in Connecticut first, the English came soon after them. Get it now. Connecticut is north of Pennsylvania, and it's our third smallest state after Rhode Island and Delaware. That's right. Not only that, Connecticut is about 784 times smaller than the whole United States together. Wow. Now that's a really cool fact. Native Americans were here first, and they used the word Quinnetucket for the state. Uh, Gracie, what does Quinnetucket mean? It means beside the long tidal river. That's the Connecticut River, which flows right through the middle of the state. States around Connecticut are Massachusetts in the north, Rhode Island in the east, New York in the west, and Long Island Sound in the south. What's Long Island Sound? It's a body of water between Connecticut and Long Island, New York. Okay, let's get in our cute blue camper and get going. We can share lots of facts as we go. Sounds like a plan. I'll start. Connecticut is called the Constitution State because it's home to what some people consider the first written constitution of the United States. Um, what's a constitution? Well, that's an easy one. It's a set of written laws telling how a state or country will be run. Oh, I get it. And did you know that the first hamburger was made in Connecticut? No, I didn't. How did that happen? Well, it was at Lewis's Lunch in New Haven, Connecticut, all the way back in 1900. One day, a man came into the restaurant. He was in a super big hurry and needed something to eat that he could take with him. So Lewis put his own special blend of ground steak on two pieces of bread, and the rest is history. Connecticut is also known for the first television, phone book, Polaroid camera. You know what a Polaroid camera is, right, Gracie? Yes, I do. It's an instant camera that uses self-developing film to develop the picture right after it's taken so that you don't have to wait and get it developed somewhere else. They're a lot of fun to have at a party. That was excellent information, Jasmine. I'll bet you didn't know this. Just 15,000 years ago, Connecticut was covered by a glacier. Not only that, but the Scoville Memorial Library in Salisbury is the oldest public library in the United States. It was started in 1771 by Richard Smith, who used donations to buy 200 books. Can you guess what caused the most book damage at that time? I'll bet it was caused by dogs. Gwyn says that when she was a librarian, lots of books were chewed by dogs not surprised. For some reason, they think books taste good, but I can't imagine why. You're supposed to read them, not eat them. I know that can be a problem, but back then, the most common cause of book damage was candle wax dripping on the pages, since most people read by candlelight. Can you believe this? The very first speed limit for cars was in 1901 in Connecticut. You weren't allowed to go faster than 12 miles an hour. It must have taken you all day to get anywhere. Jasmine, you found a lot of good facts. I'll bet you've been reading. 
Yes, I have. Now, are we there yet? We're here at our first stop, the dinosaur place at Nature's Village in Montville. Wow! Will we see real dinosaurs? No, we won't. Remember, they've been extinct for millions of years. But what we will do is go on nature trails with over 50 life-size dinosaurs. Besides dinosaurs, we may see some wildlife creatures, so be sure to keep your eyes open. What are we waiting for? Let's go! Oh my gosh, Gracie, look at this Brachiosaurus. Gwen could drive the camper under it. And look over here. Is this a Therizinosaurus fingernail? It's over three feet long. Amazing! They're the longest ones ever found on Earth. Gracie, do you feel the ground moving? Yes, I do. We've discovered Raptor Bay, where you can feel the vibrations of a rumbling volcano. Oh, no! We better not get too close, and we might even get wet. Look over at those rocks and the turtles enjoying the sun. That looks like a great way to spend the afternoon. Gracie, did you see that osprey up in the sky? I did. What a beautiful bird. If it was warmer, we could visit the Splash Pad water park. Well, since we can, let's visit the dinosaur maze before we go. There is so much fun stuff to do here. I could stay all day. I could too, but we need to move on to our next stop, Mystic Seaport. You're right. Let's go. While we travel, let's learn about some important people from Connecticut. I'll start. Connecticut has some very famous individuals from the Revolutionary War. I'll start with Benedict Arnold. Was he a hero? No, he wasn't. He was a traitor. A traitor? What's that? A traitor is a person who betrays his friends, country, or ideas. That doesn't sound like a very nice person. What did Benedict Arnold do? And why did he do this? Benedict Arnold was not always a traitor. He started out as a soldier in the Continental Army. Continental Army? That's us, right? It is. Benedict Arnold started out as a good soldier and became a major general, which is a very important job. He was even thought of as a hero at that time. Then why did he become a traitor? Turns out he was greedy and wanted money, so he started selling secrets to the British. That's just awful! Did he get caught and get punished? No, unfortunately he didn't. When he learned that the Patriots had found out what he was doing, he escaped to the British side and then became a general for the British. Well, that's not right, Gracie. I can't believe he did such awful things. Do you know about any brave soldiers? Yes, I do. Nathan Hale. He was a spy for the Continental Army. Not another spy. Yes, but Nathan Hale was on our side. He pretended to be a schoolteacher and went into the British territory. He wanted to find out how many troops they had, but he was caught and killed by hanging. He is most famous for having said these words before he died. I regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. His bravery inspired soldiers to keep up the fight, even when things looked bad. He was a true patriot hero. Well, that is a better story, but it really didn't have a happy ending for Nathan Hale. But he was so super brave to do that. Now it's my turn. My my famous person is P.T. Barnum. What do you know about him, Jazzy? He ran a big circus. P.T. Barnum and James A. Bailey started the Barnum and Bailey Circus. It was called the greatest show on earth. Because of him, circuses became super popular and big. He loved having weird and unusual acts that could be both amazing and astounding. He had this huge six-ton elephant named Jumbo. I love 
love going to the circus. My favorite is the trapeze act. It would be so fun to fly high in the sky. Yes, I enjoy the circus too, but prefer to stay on the ground. And look at that. Here we are at our next stop, Mystic Seaport. There is so much to do here. We will be visiting Mystic Village first, and then Mystic Aquarium. Sounds fun. Here we are at the village. Look at all those darling houses. They look very old. Were they always here? No, they weren't, but they are old buildings. The buildings were all built in the 1800s and were moved here from different parts of New England. They are all businesses and homes that would have been in a village by the sea at that time. Let's go into the Boardman schoolhouse. Oh, my. There is only one room. Why aren't there more classrooms? Oh, those desks and chairs look uncomfortable. Long ago, one-room schoolhouses were very common. All the students, from younger to older, were taught in one room by just one teacher. While the teacher taught one group, the other group studied on their own. Sometimes the older students helped the younger ones. I'll bet it got noisy sometimes and was hard to learn. I believe it could be, but a good teacher always makes sure everyone is learning. Now, let's go to the Charles Mallory Sales Loft. That's where sails for ships were made. Okay. Wow, this is really interesting. How did they make sails for those ships? They were really huge. Yes, they were. First, the masts and the yards of the ship were measured. Racy, what are masts and yards? Those are the poles that the sails hang on. Oh, so that's what those poles are called. Then the sailmaker made a paper pattern and then sketched the outline on the floor of the loft. Because the sails were so big, the floor needed to be empty. Even the stove was suspended from the ceiling instead of being on the floor. After the canvas was cut, it was sewn together and fitted with all the pieces that were needed to have the sail work properly on the ship. There is so much interesting stuff to learn everywhere we go. That's so true, Jasmine. You know what, Gracie? There are so many interesting buildings to explore. There's the doctor's office, church, general store, and all the buildings where they made things that sailors would need. I like seeing the houses that the people lived in best. I bet they all had cats that snuggled up by the fireplace. I'm sure they did. I also enjoyed the new Shoreman Life-Saving Station. It was part of the U.S. Life-Saving Service, which is now part of the U.S. Coast Guard. Those brave men had to go out in dangerous seas and weather to rescue people and cargo that got stranded at sea. This was a great place to learn about what life was like by the sea a long time ago. Now, on to the aquarium. And as you know, I love fish. Here we are, Jasmine. Let's go in. I am most interested in the beluga whale Arctic Coast exhibit. It's the largest outdoor habitat to study beluga whales in the United States. Oh, beluga whales are so cute with that little bump on their heads. Did you know it's called a bulging melon? What a funny name. Look, there is Juno, Natasha, and Keela. Hello over there, you cuties. Now let's go to the shark's touch habitat. We can gently touch a shark there. Touch a shark? Are you sure, Gracie? Yes, these are all non-threatening species, like the smooth dogfish shark, white-spotted bamboo shark, and yellow stingray. Oh, Gracie, they really feel nice. It was so silly to be scared. I'm so proud of you, Jasmine. Trying new things can be scary, but you did it, and you liked it. What else can we see? Let's finish up at the main gallery. Look at all the unique and colorful fish, like eels, pufferfish, sea slugs, sharks, rays, and jellyfish. Oh, wow! Come over here to the Weird and Wonderful exhibit. 
It has lots of crazy cool creatures like the giant Pacific octopus, giant Japanese spider crabs, and a live coral reef ecosystem. This was a great stop. Now let's visit our last attraction, the Barnum Museum in Bridgeport. Hmm, I wonder, what does P.T. stand for in his name? I believe it stands for Phineas Taylor. Not a name you hear too often anymore. That's kind of hard to say. I guess that's why he went by P.T. Oh, wow, we're here. Let's go in. This is super cool. Look at all this great stuff. Oh, that miniature circus is adorable. I like the carousel best. How about you, Gracie? I like that little ticket holder in his booth. Over there is the centaur of Timphy. Wait a minute. A centaur? That looks like a skeleton of a man and a horse put together. Is it real? Well, Jasmine, I think the research is still being done on that one. Over here is his Fiji mermaid which was also a hoax, but people came to see it anyway. P.T. Barnum was a showman. He loved finding and displaying unusual things to get people wondering. It is not a pretty mermaid, like Ariel from the Disney movie. Hmm, let's find something that was real. Let's look over here at these things that were General Tom Thumbs. There are carriages, clothing, and even a piece of his wedding cake. Who was General Tom Thumb? General Tom Thumb's real name was Charles. He stopped growing when he was 18 months old and was only 25 inches tall. He was an attraction at Barnum's Museum and toured all around Europe. He became very rich. He married another Barnum performer, Lavinia Warren. They also toured together. You know what, Gracie? Connecticut is a great state. We saw and learned so many nifty things, but I think it's time to go home. I agree. How about a few circus jokes to pass the time? All right, you start. Here goes. Did you hear about the human cannonball? No, Gracie, I didn't. He got fired. Oh, very funny. He got fired, just like he got fired out of the cannon. All right, here's mine. Which circus performers can see in the dark? Um, I don't know. Which ones? Acrobats. Get it? They're part bat. Yes, I do. Bats use echolocation to get around, you know. Well, I know that now. My favorite place today was the Burning Museum in the Miniature Circus. How about you? I like learning how they made sails for the big ships at Mystic Seaport. I also like touching the sharks. I hope we can come back again soon. Next week, we get to visit Massachusetts. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I am so glad you all came with us today. Now, don't forget to share your favorite fact and subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining Jasmine and Gracie on their adventure today. Come back next week for the next one. Hello, everybody. It's Gwen here. If you want to know more about the places we visited, just go to our website, jasmineandgracie.podbean.com, and go to the sources page, and you can find out all about the great places that we visited. See you next week. Bye-bye.